Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. Welcome to Forbidden Cinema, where we watch movies that uh, seem to be salacious at the time, but um, as we sometimes find, as in this one, they're just middle-aged crisis. (laughs) (laughs) We're going back to 1979. We watched the movie Ten. It's it's hot outside. It's the final days of summer. Yes. And we thought we were going to watch a steamy beach movie. And I think we just, for the second time in a row, we were going to watch a steamy beach movie. Mm-hmm. And we just really watched a creepy middle-aged guy movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what happened. It, it's very much potentially more re- like related to our lives now. I mean... I'm gonna right off the bat. First thing I first thing I wrote: Dudley Moore is 42. <laughs> 42 in 1979 and 42 in 2021. Whoo! There are many, many uh, lotions and creams and serums and potions and whatever that uh, Goop is selling or whoever is selling Doctor Oz. I don't know um, that have really. I, I'm on board. They're working. <laughs> so let's let's back it up a little bit. What uh, what do you know about this movie before? What do you know about this movie yesterday? Running on the beach, Bo Derek in braids and a swimsuit, and Dudley Moore in a sweatshirt and crazy glasses. I have to say, what I know about this movie, I think the most interesting thing about this movie is when I look back. I think of the comedy section of every blockbuster and probably every video rental store on the planet. What's the first movie in alphabetical order? Oh, it's this I one. guess that's true. So that that's that's what I really just the, the upper left of, of that blockbuster shelf. And there's just this lady in a see-through bathing suit with braids and just it just reads do not let your parents know <laughs> that you saw that. Right. It it definitely comes across as like, you know, because see through ba- bathing suit, so a lot, you know, lots of nipple on display. I mean, that that's a huge um that's a huge theme of this movie. There was like to roll back and say like was was that would this movie have just been boring for us and and would have been completely appropriate? No. There is a crazy amount of breasts and some S&M and some weird role-playing stuff going on. Um, but that's kind of across the street in, in the neighbor's yard. It's not happening directly to our hero. <laughs> I don't know. I wrote similar to that. I said, this isn't really a movie for adults. It's a movie for grown-ups. And I'm not exactly <laughs> sure that I am an adult, but I'm not exactly sure I'm a grown up. I don't know. I don't. What, what does being a grown up mean? I think maybe as soon as I say that, being a grown up means being dissatisfied with your life. Uh, I think that's the difference between an adult and a grown up. Because anytime we see, definitely in this era of movies, people that are of this age you know, 10 years older, maybe even 20 years older, the whole plot point is dissatisfied. They're dissatisfied. And when adults are not, we, we, there, there's nothing else to talk about. They're just adulting. They're just like doing things like replacing their roof and getting new air conditioning units. Um, all things we've done in the last three weeks, <laughs> uh, being an adult guys, being an adult, uh, 
Also, on that same note, apologies. Uh, we do have it's not anywhere near a major holiday, but we do live in a southern state, so people are shooting off fireworks. Yeah, it and is. So apologies that that's happening, and also apologies we have uh, kitty cats that uh, are not having that. Correct. So if anybody bumps something or whatever, uh, apologies in advance for the sound quality. But moving on, so uh, actually, I guess maybe moving backwards. Can we rewind? Absolutely. To the very first thing I wrote down okay. before the really long opening credits sequence with fantastic music by Henry Mancini, but really long sequence. The first thing I wrote was, Julie Andrews is in this? Right. <laughs> and then immediately it's a Blake Edwards movie. I was like, oh, well, um, either he like, I mean, Julie Andrews was married to Blake Edwards until he passed away. They were long time married. This was either... This this was her adulting and being a grown up to be in this movie, or but honestly, I think this movie was huge. So um, this was a big opportunity for her to play something else. So it might have she might have wanted to do it to stretch her role. But I mean, I'm sure that anytime Blake Edwards he because he wrote it, directed it, and produced it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was she was working it in this. She was great. She was she was looking good. She was acting up a storm. She got to sing. I mean, she all the things I have later on her glasses game is on point (laughs) and sunglasses, reading glasses, glasses just for glasses, glasses. I mean, her in her knee high boots and her trench coat and nothing else. Yeah. When she storms out, she was working it. I mean, that's what makes you go like, this is the woman that he's like, "Eh, I'm bored. The woman who puts on a trench coat and knee high thigh high boots and rides off like storms off in her really awesome vintage mercedes yeah and and like uh, i'm i'm sorry uh this woman is fan fucking tastic we're gonna fantasize over like weird guy with weird hair across the way in his telescope (laughs) yeah it's i mean that's but that's the thing that is the quintessential difference or the quintessential like thing about these films is this crazy dissatisfaction and it it's obvious i mean we're all supposed to see that this is ridiculous that he has essentially the perfect life, whatever that means. Um, you know, this giant home, this beautiful, this and that is this career Oscars. The amazing Rolls Royce with the eight track player. Yes. With the eight track player. Um, but a tiny kitchen would be dissatisfied with that kitchen with the house. Don't think it goes. Um, but that's a little different thing. One I write here, you know, other than, okay. So 42 question mark, I'm 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 personally offended by how middle aged uh, he uh, he seems to be, appears to be, feels to be, all those things. But yes, I do we recognize are right smack dab in between the ages that the two of them are supposed right. To she's be supposed playing. to be thirty eight. Yeah, and I don't feel like we look or act or have anything to do. Th- yeah, forty at. But I'm not asking for feedback. No, no one's asking for feedback on that that assessment. I yeah, you am perfectly content feeling the way I feel about it and not falling into dissatisfied grown up territory. I, I just wrote, "What's Dudley Moore's deal?" Like I would say, when I think about Dudley Moore and I think about who I've like known him to be, I know he's supposed to be funny. I know he's an Arthur. He's drunk in Arthur a lot. People parody it a lot. I really think his tentpole movies, this and, and Arthur are parodied all the time. 
Um, he obviously he's a musician. How, where, I don't know what his origin is. So that's something I, I want to dive into because I think he was a musician before he was an actor. I, he has to have been. He has to have been. But I just don't know. We can we can go deeper yeah because I, I want to know all all of that because what this is a huge vehicle for him and I even wrote later on like what's their stock at this moment um Dudley Moore's and Julie Andrews like the fact that they get to being in this movie where you know it's late 70s where you yeah, know, is he getting catapulted or is she slumming it or how I don't the... I don't know because the music I mean he's lamenting about the music kind of you know being music gone by like the Henry Mancini your 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 movie scores your I mean he's not actively um, you know but he, he has Oscars so um that means that he's scored movies and he's lamenting you know people uh not caring about this music anymore but there's a lot of this mu- music in the movie and it like they are singing together. The movie ends with them singing a song in this air, like in this, you know, very Henry Mancini orca- um, orchestral duet. Like, you know, it, it is, and it is also singing basically the plot of the movie, like something about a summer and like a younger smile or something, but then realize, I mean, and, and it does say this is, this is like very, very end of the movie saying, I love you as easy as ABC. Um, think that's already been used. Don't think you can really write that song in 1979 and think that that's a new idea. So, yeah, I, I think Dudley Moore, at least for the first half of this movie, is really unlikable. Very. But just he's supposed not to even, be. Well, not, not like charming, but obnoxious. He is just downright unlikable. He's he's frustrating when they're having their little conversation he's just leering at every woman in town uh when he's driving around just there's there's women jogging in his rearview mirror in every in a reflection in every right. scene there i did want to get into that though do you have any concept of sports bra technology in 1979 <laughs> wouldn't be forbidden cinema if we did not delve into the technology of brassiers um, well, we found every out few episodes i was surprised about how much you know space race stuff ended up in bra technology in in the 40s and 50s so i was completely wrong about that but but there was some some bouncing and, and some straight up flopping, and I'm not that really cannot sure. be comfortable to jog. Uh, so what's no. the sports bra situation looking like? In I'm not really sure. I'm not even sure if sports bras as we know them in any uh, as a genre existed. I mean, I first became aware of them in the '90s, but because I mean, seven. I want to know when jazz or size, but became a thing but even when jazzercise you see pictures of women doing jazzercise they're, leotards you, and stuff. they're wearing leotards but you gotta i mean you're so, jumping up and down but there's not the the art of layering that you see now now athleisure it's like it's all about how many layers and how they can go together and or whatever um and that really wasn't the case you had your leg warmers and your tights and your and your uh, leotard and that was it so, so if anyone has the inside scoop if you worked in the uh, in the garments industry in the in the 70s we really want to know i'll i'll deep dive a sears catalog and see what i can come <laughs> up with and we'll uh, we'll get back to you on that yes so introducing bo derrick that's i mean this movie introduces bo derrick but that's i mean that's kind of she i i'm guessing this is her first role I think this is her second role, but I okay. think this is 
I think she was very small. This is her first leading role. So uh, she was delightful in this. Um, she really was. She was maybe the best part of the movie. She, Yeah, she might have been. I kind of... I like the way... Except that, for Brian Dennehy. Brian Dennehy was really uh, the best part of the movie. I love Brian but, Dennehy. But was she like, was the next best part. Yes. Um, Brian Dennehy serving up his double brandies. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back to that. But... Yeah, I I really enjoyed her. I mean, they went deeper with her as a character much more than I I thought that they would. Mm -hmm. She seemed like she was just going to be this kind of vision, as he called her. Um, And can... Okay, so the movie's called Ten. He's seeing his psychiatrist, psychologist... Um, his therapist. That's probably what this is. At the time they didn't they do anything more than therapist yeah, the whole or shrink thing feels a little tacked on. Incredibly, because the only time they say it is in that, and he calls her an eleven. He doesn't even call her a ten. the The therapist says, "You said there's no tens," and I guess he's setting the thing that she's there are no tens, but she's even more than that. But he never calls her ten. He calls her an eleven. It like he spinal taps it. So yeah, so send us in what you would t- uh, what you would title this movie. Right, I'm I'm curious to see who's even seen this movie. It's it seems so much of the of well, so much of a cultural lexicon. We see that scene, um, and really honestly, that that scene is realizing it's so much more of a farce than I even realized. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew it was a fantasy. There was no way. <laughs> no, there's no way that that's like these two people are in love and they're running at each other and he's in this sweatsuit and uh, her braids, which are super problematic. Um, you know, they would not be allowed now. I mean, the last braids, which are definitely an homage to this and making fun of them is Monica and friends when they go <laughs> and she gets her hair braided and it's crazy. Oh man, we just can't get from that friends to Dudley Moore to Demi Moore. It just keeps on coming back. That's true. That's true. It does. So the next thing I wrote down was, is that a brunette flash Gordon? Right. Really? You're already there? Yeah, we can go back. We can go back. But okay, yeah, I'm, but, you know, because we're introducing Bo Derek. Oh, I guess then, you, you were and, seeing that like at the, because we did see him full face at the wedding. At the wedding. That's and true, like, very that early. Is, that is absolutely Flash Gordon. Or if you haven't seen Flash Gordon, if you've seen Ted, he is next level in that. He really is. It, it, he's, he, he is, he is an action figure of himself. Uh, yeah, he just really seems like I don't think he was ever a professional wrestler in the 80s, but he's sure acting like it. Yeah, he is. But he really has like a little part. I mean, okay, so that's where you saw that. And I'm like writing down. Okay, there's a couple. So you have like 10 pages of notes. I have 10 notes between all of these things. Well, because, go on, go on, babe. Let's do well, this. Well, I have a couple things. Okay. He's, you know, he's looking at all the women. He's looking at all the women. He sees Bo Derek for the first time. She is a bride. She is in a car, in a bridal gown, going to the church to get married. What does he decide to do? He follows her. And creepy, creep stalks him. He gets in a car accident. He does all these things. And that's where, where it all starts to happen. It's like, it's supposed to be funny. I'm like, oh, oh, these are, these are hijinks uh and he's he's falling down hills and he's getting dental work done it's oh i just wrote later on i i like 
this this is ridiculous but not funny um it's too it's too awkwardly weird because the whole premise is he's stalking this woman so i think that maybe that that throws this different kind of light that I don't think he's not menacing. There's nothing about him really menacing at any moment because he just doesn't come across that way. But someone who decides that this is the course of action, that they're going to follow this woman. Okay, they follow this this woman. See where she's going. Obviously, he knows she's going to get married or at very least she's going to be a bride in a photo shoot. I don't know. Um, but then he gets to the church. He... He head-on collisions with the cop. He has his license is expired. He has a registration. He's getting a giant ticket. They suggest he gets a lawyer. He still goes into the church. This man is a glutton for punishment. And he gets stung by a bee and falls down hills and talks funny. Oh my and gosh! It's just, I just wrote like there are so many gags in this movie. He's piggybacking on the guy in Mexico. There's just so many gags that And that's that's where like is is he known for this? That that's like on the list of things that I want to know. Like is this what people expect from him? Um I mean this seems like a David Niven movie more than But I respect David Niven. I I think David I Niven guess, is way more, you know, but a, a movie where they're trying to keep it serious, but they're still putting in a bunch of pratfalls and gags. Right. And... They they are doing that, but there's nothing that that's where I'm not sure what the tone of this movie was supposed to be. It, it says it's a comedy. It says it's a sexy comedy. Uh, uh, I feel uh, like it was a drama and someone's like, let's punch it up a little bit. And throw right. some gags in. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah, the writer's room is like <laughs> the writer's room is. I mean, everyone is coked out of their minds. Oh, it's 79. <laughs> yeah, they're coked out of their minds. There's coffee, there's gin, there's brandy. Everyone's drinking brandy, obviously, because they had him drinking double brandies that he's guzzling, which, ew, gross. That sounds terrible. But I, I recognize the 79. People aren't drinking whiskey. Um, they're not drinking bourbon. I, I do want to talk about Brian Dennehy and his bartending. Um, there's like seven seven bottles max at this bar. Every time it kept flashing back, I was staring at it, trying to identify yeah, with I think some there of these was bottles. A Jim Beam. I think there was a, a Kahlua, um, a Kahlua, and there, a Grand Marnier. A Grand Marnier. That's it, all I could get. It's '79. There's lots of liqueurs. Mm. That is the year of the liqueur. Right. So we're 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 skipping some of some pivotal stuff that we talked about at the beginning, though. Um, so Dudley Moore has a neighbor who is just like having sex parties, crazy sex parties, nonstop. It's nuts. I recognize the actor as being kind of a kooky actor mm -hmm. in other things. I'm not exactly sure where I recognize him from. Um, I think he's probably had accents. I, probably, I, I probably think he's one of those guys. Like They've used him in a lot of different weird ways. The first thing I thought was, is that Mr. Heckles from Friends? Oh, but, but I, no, I, 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 don't I don't think, think so. it is. It, it's, it's, it's the same look, though. Kind of, yeah. He's not, he's, he's not like this giant, like this handsome guy, which I think is what Dudley Moore is like. Oh my gosh, there's this guy. He's not handsome, but he, there's surrounded by women that are topless all the time. They're doing all this crazy stuff, but they have telescopes. They both have telescopes. They have competing telescopes. Julie Andrews says something about him getting a bigger, did he get a bigger, like, could we represent <laughs> penis envy any more than with these telescopes? He has a bigger telescope. Yes, he's a bigger telescope. Um, but it's just crazy. So he's, he's getting this like 
FOMO. Um, this crazy FOMO, because like that's just bizarre. That's not the kind of thing you see and go like, oh, well, crazy neighbor, what's his face? And his orgy again. And I think it's the 70s. So if you're going to have orgies, then orgies are going to happen in the 70s. It's, it's just a swing in time. But the orgies in broad daylight really kind of bummed me out. Yeah, it's a lot of really young, beautiful women and a lot of old dudes. There's a lot of skin. And I, I say that not in a – there's just a lot of – skin probably gravity's not being kind in a lot of ways that you really don't want to see in the light of day um and so you know julie andrews she's pretty much she calls him a pervert for that like he's breaking a bunch of laws but she wouldn't mind it so much if they were having sex more which okay i guess hmm um that's fine but then they they go into this whole conversation about him talking about broads and what broads mean and it's be if it's a derogatory term and she's really she's really bringing it pretty hard in terms of like the the not being a being a feminist when and probably people would call you out as a feminist in a really negative way at this at this time and she's just going for it and I really appreciate it um, but then. Then it's like they're competing about something and she's like, says something about him not being able to, to lose or when you don't win, he's like, it'd be, I'd be fine if you want, if you, if you won, just that you don't want to win like a man. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, good that, job which, for which, whoever wrote that scene or whether it was, I don't know how much was, was scripted, how much was delivered by the actors, how much was the, in the direction. I don't know where that scene came from. But good job on the creation of that because they really took just an absolutely pointless argument and and made it really in I mean, I was invested in it. It was I really was too. I wanted to see where it was gonna come from. I mean, it was obviously him saying, like, I'm not saying broad is derogatory and and it becomes this whole thing. She's like, Well, you're saying a broad is someone who is is loose, is having sex with all these men. And but then she's no different than a sex worker. I mean, she says hooker or prostitute, um, you know, and there's this whole thing of like, well, you know, yes, that's for money with us for money up front. And, you know, whether all women are, are really kind of using their bodies um, and for some sort of uh, quid pro quo kind of situation. And like it's a could... really interesting. It, it is a good conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way it ends because I, I feel you like you kind of agree with him at the end. No, because your grandma was uh, they don't make broads like that anymore. <laughs> no. I we, did we write that down. Have, I we, think that's hilarious. We both have grandmas that they don't make broads like that exactly. anymore. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's he's trying to make a point that like, see, I, I would call my mother a broad. I would call my grandmother a broad. They don't make broads like that. They don't make broads like that that they used to anymore. Um, and so he's trying to make that point to say, you know, I'm really not saying it in a derogatory term. It can be used in a derogatory term, but that's not the way I'm using it. Um, no, I, 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 have, I thought that was funny. That was like, Three, there were three times I laughed, I thought, in this movie. And that was that was funny. But no, the way that the argument ended about him saying, win like a man. And, I, and her being so offended by it. Because I thought it kind of undermined the whole conversation. But I, I don't... What does that mean? Does that mean winning at all? The fact that she wanted to win the argument meant that she wanted to win like a man. Because otherwise she would just roll over and not say anything. I'm, I'm not sure what point they're trying to make. And I'm not sure we really had a resolution on that. But that is when she throws on her trench coat and her boots and 
F's the F out of Dodge, like with nothing Way else to on. Go. You, I mean, work it, girl. Huh? She is. She is. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I just wrote that you could put that in Mall Rats and have Jason <laughs> Lee and Shannon Doherty doing that with don't change a word. You could, and it would work. It really, really would. It, it was very wordy in that in that uh, Kevin Smith kind of way. It works. He likes to speak in in those kind of slightly not antiquated. It's not the word I want, but. Um, just aged type of language that he finds interesting. So yeah, I think that would work. I know that they're not supposed to have chemistry. That's the the whole issue is that they are together. They're they're adults. They're professionals. You know, they're both kind of in the same world. She's a musician. Um, they're they're in the same world where they have rich, fancy cars and personalized license plates. Um, her says Sam one. Her says. His says ASCAP, like the Professional Association for Performers. Can you have that as a personalized license plate? Don't know. But I guess if you're first. I guess. <laughs> that seems like a really weird. Um, but anyway, so they're, they're in the same world and they probably make sense. Um, they don't really, no one says that, but that's probably a piece of this. And yeah, they fit. They don't really like each other, but they should work together. Right. And I know that that we're supposed to see that, but I actively feel like they don't have any chemistry also. (laughs) I don't feel like there's underlying chemistry that used to be there um, or that could be there if if someone said the right thing, even when they do resolve everything and they're going to make love per per them. I'm not not into it. I'm not into it at all. I think they're... Each time where they're talking with his, the, the two of them, each one of them have kind of individual uh, discussions with his partner, his film scoring partner. Or whatever, right, his and, writing partner, and his they, music and lyrics. Yes, yes. <laughs> but they both have conversations with him and that I think those conversations really show some chemistry that that lost I, I feel like they both had more chemistry with Hugh, with 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 the the lyricist than than with each other. They, I mean, Hugh loves her. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's gay, um, and so that's not a relationship. But he still loves her. He recognizes that she's an amazing woman, and he's like, "You better do everything you can to keep her." Um, she, he respects her, and then you know, obviously. What is his name? George Dudley Moore. George and Hugh have a long-standing relationship, and you know you you can't you can't really truly. I mean, I guess that's the thing. You can't really truly bug someone if you don't care to a certain degree. But I still feel like they have they both have more intimate relationships with Hugh mm-hmm. than with each other. And I love the therapist in this movie. I thought he was. Oh, he's fantastic! But did we need a therapist if we had Hugh? I don't know. It, I, I don't know. I mean, well, all, all, I love the therapist. He was great. It, we needed it apparently for the title of the movie. Okay, good point. Um, <laughs> that was real tacked on. But also, too, to make a really weird point that he would, I, I, I got to like think this through and say it like really slowly because I'm not sure exactly what point. He hates being old or aging. He feels kind of invalid and in and an invalid per his words when he has a surprise birthday party which totally agree don't want a surprise birthday party you don't either but but he makes a point that he'd rather like have hugh's lifestyle which is 
being a homosexual than be kind of this invalid heterosexual man. And the therapist is like, let's dig into that. And he's like, I'm just making an exaggeration. Like, but it, 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 it becomes this whole thing of like, well, being, I'd rather be gay than old. I mean, it's so weird uh, that this movie is this movie and, and gay it just, Oh man, it, there are some things where it's really forward thinking and there are some moments where it's really not. And it's 79. So oh man, uh, yeah, there's some, there's some cringe moments. There, there's definitely, some, there's some cringe moments all the way around, but there's definitely some cringe moments there, but I agree with you. It, it did handle, I was certain surprised. aspects certain, really delicately it did. to then not handle. Right. Others. It made it a non-issue. Like he just was gay. It was not a big deal. It was part of like a lifestyle. Like it just, we we didn't make a thing about it until yeah. there was a thing about it. But um, so one thing I have is the busy phone. I so, love it. That, that's You know how like 90% of the plots of Seinfeld and Friends could be <laughs> resolved by a cellular telephone? Correct. And yeah, this. Same thing. If you could text, the, this movie would never have happened. Never have happened. But can you think of like your moments with a busy phone? Like, did you call a lot of people as a kid, like as a as a kid and as a teenager? And the biggest thing, this is going to be a super tangent, but the biggest thing in the pre-internet BBS days, where you would use your modem to dial one computer that some adult man had <laughs> set up, and you know, and from your you know your parents house on the computer and and talk to that computer and play video games and leave messages and and download things and if you didn't if you had call waiting and you didn't disable call waiting it would interrupt your downloads oh, when somebody called so you had to disable call waiting and if you disable call waiting and then somebody was trying to get through and then your parents beat you because they missed an important call that's <laughs> And that's really my busy signal is causing the busy signals with my computer. Got it. See, I call people constantly. I mean, we were on the phone. I mean, even I remember like, I mean, like second, third, fourth grade calling friends and calling. And when, you know, there were really wasn't voicemail. Some people had answering machines, um, but not everybody did. And just, yeah, call like busy signal, hang up, busy signal, hang up, busy signal, hang up. Like you would just the the world was was completely like stood still because you couldn't call it you couldn't get a hold of anybody to say that you were gonna bike over or that could you come over could you talk your friend into talking your parent their parents into having you come over because you were bored um or like calling and calling and calling I remember call like and then finally it it rang and someone picked up and I just like immediately assumed it was my friend and I was like blah, 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 and it was their mom and it was like weird. Um, but then like, I, you know, which, which, which was gauche at the time. That's a whole nother thing about women and relationships and stuff. But I called boys, I called boys all the time and yeah, busy signals. I mean, that was a huge thing finally when, uh, when call waiting was a thing because at least, at least sometimes people would click over. I mean, if your parent was on the phone, they had they had veto right on the click over because obviously their phone call was going to take more precedent. But 
But yeah, I mean, it, it was just life didn't go anywhere. Like you just sat and called someone over and over and over and over again. And whose phone numbers did I knew everybody's phone number like in here, like they're he's in Mexico and he's audibly telling the, the operator to call her. And I guess they're in California somewhere, but he like knows the full number. Like whose number do you know now? I know my number. I know your number. I know the house I grew up at number. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first place I worked and the place I work currently and maybe one girl's number from high school <laughs> because it was one number different from, from a place that I worked and Got I would it. accidentally switch them up pretty regularly. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I know yours. I know mine. I, I do know my mom's, my dad's, and my sister's because they are one digit off mm. and they have been for years and years. And so I just know. But yeah, there, I mean, you just, all the, all the, and once you, you got, you know, even, uh, what's, what was that even called? I don't even remember what it's called when you get like program a number. Uh, what was that called? Oh, I don't know. I, I know what you're talking about where it was like, you, you know, hold down one, one and, it, and it would call whoever it was. You could program like it. I feel like it's a, a really super simple name, but I can't. I mean, was it just speed dial or speed memory dial? dial? It was or, speed dial know. or memory dial. Or, yeah. Like I was like, call priority. No, <laughs> these people are important. Um, I don't think I ever got past like six on my phone. I don't think I did either. I mean, there wasn't that many people I needed to have on speed and dial. You're especially erasing at people that point. as fast as your, as your ad. <laughs> you're like, oh no. Oh my God. Uh, uh, my sister talked about, uh, at some point, it was many, 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 many years later, plugging in an old phone she found at my parents' house and hitting the one and it calling um, an old neighbor that we had. Oh, wow. And um, so the like the chick was my friend, um, and but she was kind of like. She was kind of a big, scary girl. Like, I, I mean, she was my friend, but she kind of probably bullied all of us. But she definitely bullied my <laughs> sister, who was three years younger. And so, like, <laughs> she held it down. You know, it rang, and the person answers. And she's like, who is this? She was like, and she says her name. Um, and she immediately went, oh, and hung up the phone. Which, if you know my sister, the, oh, and, and run away is so on trend. Like, throw a chair or something in yes. the way and then run. <laughs> so, yeah. She would be probably good if there was ever a serial murderer on the loose or a, you know, slasher killer. I mean, she... She, she has gets, good instinct. She throws something in the way does. and heads out the door. She, she does. She, she gets upstairs. the heck out of Dodge. Yeah, she, good instincts. Except for maybe. <laughs> so we had cats growing up and we had a cat that like, I guess snored. Like it had a weird, it had, it, but it didn't sound just like snoring. But so she thought she heard this noise and she thought it was someone in the house and she like creeped all the way upstairs to my parents uh, and was like, in the hallway and then fell asleep in the hallway and then somehow I guess the cat came and like laid down next to her and she realized it was the cat snoring and she thought it was an intruder. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so Dudley Moore movies. Right. Back to it. Um, I wrote so much wood paneling. Lots. I think there's even two scenes with a lattice work paneling yes. that I've never seen before. 
But you know, the, there the, had to have been the church. There's paneling everywhere. The hotel. There's paneling. There's just paneling, 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 paneling. The chairs at the bar in Mexico are like the same chairs at the resort that we stay yes. in Mexico, and has a weird like latticework on the bottom. Um, yes, and the church and the and I so. I recognize the reverend in the church. I was like, I've seen that guy before and he's laughing. He's always laughing. Like I was like, where? So it's Max Showalter, who longstanding actor, but he's one of the grandparents in 16 Candles. Oh my goodness. So he's one of the, you know, they come and stay, they stay in her room. Like I don't, I think he's the one who's married to the one who like basically gropes her up and says, look, Fred, she has boobies. Um, I think it's that one. But yeah, he's I was like, I know he's pivotal in some 80s movies. I think we've discussed in pre-production that I'm sure I've seen all of 16 Candles. I, I must have. But I don't think I've ever started, watched it start to finish not edited for television so well i think i have i I think i have had a dvd of it so i I definitely think but yeah it's it's really there's probably way more edited now than there was then maybe (laughs) there's 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 a lot to edit out There's some race and some whatever the the i would hope they would edit now for television yeah well there yeah there's there's racial issues racial insensitivity there's like consent issues there's a whole lot of there's underage uh, there's a whole lot of stuff but um i <laughs> so he visits the reverend to find basically to find out who the bride is um she ha- he has this maid who was just <laughs> hunched over like she can't see she's holding a tea tray she like almost walks into the fireplace i feel like this was the first moment that i was like oh we're really going to have some gags in this movie, like some just straight up visual stuff. Um, Cause he, he has a lot of things happening. He has pratfalls and stuff, or actually I don't think we have pratfalls until later, but that's the moment that I was like, okay, this is going to be super goofy, but still not sure. I think it's funny. I don't know if ever, if anything from the seventies is as funny as people say it is. That's true. I mean, I laughed twice in Animal House. Um, yeah, like I said, I laughed, laughed three times in this movie. Yeah, the whole the whole broad thing. Um, later, when he 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 picks up the phone, he's gonna make a long distance call, and he can't remember his room number. And he asks the operator if she knows his room number, and he's like, "Oh, good. like I I don't even know what he said, <laughs> but it was funny. It, it was it was funny and well delivered." But. But there's all of these great links he goes through. Like, what's his plan? It's like a dog chasing a car. Like, it doesn't matter what's gonna happen if it gets it. It's you're not you're not. Isn't that the big Joker scene or the big Joker monologue at the end of uh, Dark Knight? Yeah. You know, do I look like a guy with a plan? And he feels like and and he kind of is this way. It's like it. it what's he gonna do when he catches it? He's definitely not going to believe it but he goes to the church he's just chasing boobies basically what's what's he gonna do if he catches them i you know just kind of talk all funny and maybe play the piano and drink too much he's doing that the whole time i'm pretty sure that's how he lived his life which is also one thing that's not funny when we see him drinking all these double brandies like i do not think he had a healthy relationship with alcohol but yeah so he's tricking the the 
the reverend to find out the name of the bride. Then he goes to her dad's dental office and has to get six cavities filled. That's what you get. This is I, he does get his just desserts all along the way. Everything in the universe, if you will, is saying, "Don't do this." <laughs> Turn around. Turn around. Don't do this. Like there's, I don't know if you've seen like the man with two brains. I haven't. We've talked about maybe doing that one on this. There's, there's, so his wife, his wife dies, um, as part of it. And he's like obsessed with her. And then there's some other woman who comes in his life and he's asking his wife, like, if you don't think that I should do this, show me a sign. And she's from the grave screaming at her portrait is spinning and spinning on the wall. And he's like, Nope, I guess it's okay. Like, <laughs> like ignoring all the obvious signs. <laughs> it's like, this is not what, you know, so yeah, I mean, he has to get cavities, like, filled. Um, With a reusable syringe. Oh, I wasn't even paying attention to that. I know that's... The- As, you know, someone who is very interested in the history of medical devices and medical quackery and, you know, we're 1979, where largely we don't have i don't think at this time we truly know what hiv is and yes we have a reusable syringe just throw that thing clean it up real good and and stick somebody else that's super gross um but yeah i mean he he goes he has i mean he has to listen to the reverend play his music uh you know okay that's one thing that but that doesn't that's not really life-changing he has to have cavities filled, but he does find out that the bride where she's honeymooning, um, and that's awkward and weird. And he just goes with that, and then he goes, and there's this whole. I did have to say, so Julie Andrews calls him. He can't talk because his mouth is full of gauze, and he's had all of this dental surgery, which no one seems to understand. But the first thing she goes is, "I have the wrong number," and hangs up. Calls back, and he's like, rawr, 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 rawr. "Hangs up." Tries the operator do it, hangs up, has a, calls the police. At any moment, if I called, I mean, if I called you, I mean, it's a little, I guess it is different than calling a, ho- a house line. But if I'm calling someone's home, I'm not going to be like, oh, this is not the person I meant to call when they're the only person who lives there. I'm be like, are you okay? <laughs> like, never once did anyone say, like, George, is that you? Are you okay? It's like, oh, I bet that's a murderer. Right. Not like, maybe he's having a problem. Right. Like, someone who shouldn't be in the house keeps answering the phone. And saying, right. Like, probably a serial murderer. Yeah. It's probably not that he got drunk and fell down and can't answer the phone properly. Right. So then there's that. He's getting drunker and high on pills. Yeah. So good news. Yeah. He's going to talk like that for the next 28 minutes of he, this film. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Off stage, writer's room. Somebody on set just thought so that funny. they were going to do this after the dentist. And then like, oh, wait a minute. This is hilarious. We have comedy gold here. How can we extend this? Like, oh, we'll th- put a little throwaway line. Oh, you shouldn't take these pills with alcohol. And then... Then that's it. Then then, they, then he's taking more. He's falling down a hill. They he can't get back up. I'm like, oh, it's so long too. Like his every to get up time the hill. he gets closer and falls back down again, his suit is falling off. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Then he finally gets up. He can't like because he's trying to answer the phone because she's calling back. Um, and there's so many missed phone calls here 
So and no one answers the phone anymore. No one wants any phone calls. We all we wanted were phone calls. <laughs> like if someone was calling, it's, you were waiting. Oh my gosh! Like just waiting for someone to call. Like uh, if this boy was gonna call, or this was gonna happen, or this meant that you could go. That your you know your friend had negotiated the deal for the sleepover. Whatever it was, you were just constantly waiting for a phone call. And now no. I, I, I read a meme that is like, uh, when I see a doggy, I say, hello, doggy. When I see a, ki- a cat, I say, hi, cat. When I see a, a horse, I say, hey, horsey. Like when I see a human, I like, avoid eye contact and hope that they don't see me. <laughs> I mean, I guess we're in Mexico now. We're in Mexico. We're checked in. We're talking funny. We're falling asleep. We're, we're right. still talking funny the first time we meet Brian Dennehy. And then all of a sudden we stop immediately. After seven double brandies, that's not when you stop talking funny. Well, the last one was a single. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, last one was a single. Yeah, he has this horrible flight, so he's exhausted. He's, like, falling all over the place um, at the hotel. He's super sweaty and gross. Ugh. And I got the thing, like, where in Mexico is this? Because they live in California. It shouldn't be that long of a flight that it's, like, he's trying to sleep and... I don't know. But then they do give him a giant pineapple, and that seems cool. But Which he then falls asleep with on the bed. You it, know he, like, that's going to sticky. Ew, yeah. It's going to be super gross. Um, oh, I do have, like, they say multiple people. So Hugh's boy toy, um, who he was saying he kind of has a relationship with. Uh, George is saying, no, you really don't. Um, and there's this whole thing. It's kind of the same, the broad conversation. Um, but Boy Toy says, you know, well, maybe I am using him because nobody's perfect, right? They say that again. Like Hugh and Sam, which is Julie Andrews, when they're sitting on the beach and they're kind of talking about him, they say the exact same thing. Like, was this supposed to be... Like the theme of the movie? The theme of the movie, or... even the title of the movie. Huh. Nobody's Perfect? Nobody's, Nobody's Perfect. Nobody's Perfect would be a decent title for this. Yeah, they say Nobody's Perfect, right? And it happens... Even Nobody's Perfect, right? I, would... I think that that's what it says. That would be a great title for this movie. But yeah, they say it at least twice. And it feels like there probably were more times because it felt like... They were saying it back to him as if maybe it was something he said. It was, it was weird, but... Um, yeah, Brian Dennehy, Double Brandy. Um, Brian Dennehy, I'd never have thought of him as charismatic and charming, and he was just great in this, except I did not like what he was doing with his mouth in the close-ups. He oh, was I didn't leaned even notice. in, and Dudley Moore was leaned in, and they were t- maybe a little too close for my comfort, and he just had this swizzle stick and was just gumming it. The entire time. I feel like time. there's a lot of movies I've seen him where he like has something in his mouth. He's like the sheriff in Silverado, but he's kind of, uh, kind of corrupt. And that's where I. But there's something, some of that same vibe there. I feel like he's also in something else we used to watch a lot when I was a kid. But I feel like that's where, like, I feel like he had some like something in his mouth all the time there too. Maybe maybe he has a writer. But shout out to Tommy Boy, Brian Dennehy, and Bo Derek. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, you know, getting it. I don't Band even know if they're together? in the same scene in this movie. Um, it, it, She's on the dance floor. And so it's kind of shot through. Okay, okay. So potentially. 
But yeah, I think Tommy that's Boy it. is definitely a favorite of our household. <laughs> yes, I don't know when that happened because they we didn't watch it like when they it came out together. But somehow my dad found it and he loves it. So. Just kind of a couple of recap things that I, I had already said. Um, only funny thing, phone with the operator. He, he, had, he had said Bo Derek was a vision. And in her wedding dress and all of that, and the veil and, and the headpiece and everything, maybe she was. The braids... She is not a vision anymore, I don't think. And it's just, it's not the right look for her. And I know that it's its a huge issue of, of cultural appropriation that's not a thing of its time. She's in Mexico, so she's getting her hair braided. They, someone probably approached her on the beach and, and they did it for hours and hours. But it's, it's just... exotic. People in America probably hadn't seen that much. Maybe, maybe, it's, but... It's, I don't it, know what the sound mixing was like in 1979. But boy, in 2021, the click, clack, click, 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 it's everywhere. That's the thing. And I think that whether that was as prominent then as it was now, that really made it a joke. But the fact that you were hearing it all the time, like it really brought attention to it. And to me, like diminished her because she was this. She was this unknown being, and that's what made her. That's what made him attracted to her. Oh, he didn't see, know her. I was her. thinking that even if he looks away, he can still hear the click, clack, click, clack, clack. Oh, clack, really? Clack. That is that, like that's, haunting. That's what. That's what I was thinking about it. Oh, really? Even, even he wasn't looking away, but if even if he did, he would know she was there. Oh, um, that's interesting. Because I'm just thinking it's like this just horrible thing in the room. Like you can't get away. It's just louder and louder and awkward and awkward. And so that's interesting. I mean, she's, like putting, okay. she's like putting lotion on or a suntan lotion on her thighs. And click, click, click. I don't know. I, I, I really think it was trying to go for something there. Okay. I don't know what it would have been like watching in a theater with two speakers or probably probably one speaker in, in 1979. But. Okay, that's yeah. In our surround sound living room, it was it, it was, was everywhere. It was yeah, I I thought it was it made it more and more of a joke. But uh, I that's they were interesting trying to make it sexy on the beach, and then when they were actually having sex, it, then it was click clack click. Right, like it in was, his face and stuff. Yeah. It was hitting his face. It didn't really work. Um, spoiler: somehow he does get to have sex with this woman. It's insane, but. He picks up a woman at the bar who knows who he is, who's he's, that he's his composer. They met at Truman Capote's party, uh, which that's got to be a wild party. But and then then he can't get it up. And she's like, just thinks it's her and thinks it's her. I'm like, how many double bri- like anyone who thinks who's been sitting there drinking with him as long as they were drinking and he was even drinking before then thinks that it has anything to do with her is just, I feel super sorry for her. Uh, I said, bar girl with menthol cigarettes is unnecessarily tragic. And that's yes, exactly. <laughs> unnecessarily, unnecessarily tragic. tragic. That and is. She even comes back later and she's still she's unnecessarily more tragic. tragic. She's on the beach with these giant sunglasses. And I have later on when she's talking about like lamenting that men look more distinguished and that women just get old. Like, I'm sorry. The casting for her, like, She's gorgeous. She doesn't look really that different from Bo Derek to me. She's a little bit more polished, like her hair, and which maybe means that she's supposed to be older. 
but she does not look significantly older to me. And he is not distinguished. He's a hot mess. He's a hot mess this whole movie. He's sweaty. He's breaking his teeth. He's getting bitten by bees. He's like, he's tearing his clothes. He's squishing pineapples. He's in a sweatsuit in the ocean. Like he's a mess. There's nothing about him that's distinguished. And the fact that like, that's what, I mean, yes, he's, she is unnecessarily tragic. Because that's what she sees. I think she is the only one we see smoke tobacco in this film. No, the the therapist. He, he has doesn't, a cigarette. Uh, he, doesn't, he, doesn't he doesn't light smoke. it. He plays that's with true. it. There are ashtrays in almost every scene. I mean, Bo Derek does have her reefers. Uh, right. But there are ashtrays in every scene in this film. And yeah, therapist guy just twirls and plays with a cigarette. But I think she's the only person we see smoke tobacco in okay. this movie. I don't know. I, I, I was really kind of how many ashtrays and how little smoking there was in, in this movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there, there, I would have, I, I think it was, it seemed more prevalent than it was. Okay, so now we're on the beach. He's in a sweatsuit. What's the worst decision for the hot Mexico beach? Being in a sweatsuit or drinking a Bloody Mary on the beach? I don't know. I, I actually honestly think that it's the Bloody Mary because the sweatsuit, you, you could be one, you he did kind of go on a whim. Maybe he didn't pack well. Maybe he bought that at the resort. Maybe he's trying to be fit and like he's going to go run on the beach. I, we um, need to look that. We need to go deeper on that. Is that a thing? Is that like one of those Hans and Franz? <laughs> like, it is. Is there some sort of moisture wicking? <laughs> I, I'm certain there's no moisture wicking technology going on. Is but that something people wore? Like, what is even happening right there? I've never seen a movie with somebody in a sweatsuit on a beach. No. I mean, I would just expect there to be really shorty shorts and full-on Speedos I mean, in the I 1979. Did, I did write down later on, like, maybe, because he is always kind of always in a suit or he's in that or... um. Maybe it's really, truly trying to play into, like, he doesn't fit. Like, he is the odd man out in the situation. He's on this resort. Everyone's in shorts and bathing suits and stuff like that. And he's this creeper. He doesn't belong. It's not why he's there. But he goes out with all the other dads or whatever in the, the two other dads in the ocean. And the one guy is wearing, like, a super tight red T-shirt. But it's still a T-shirt. Yeah, I don't know. He's wearing it's... a full-length sweatsuit. Um, but I still think the Bloody in Mary. The water. In the I mean, water. I mean. There's so many wet clothes. Like, when they're. Oh, Derek has her dress and she's just in the water. He's got his sweatsuit. A wet sweatsuit is not a good time. No. And and he's even running to her when we have our our uh, dream sequence. He's running to her. The sweatsuit's already wet. Like it's wet from the knees down. So I, I did appreciate that. And it, that is what made me realize that this was coming from a different lens than I thought. The fact that he was a mess, he was dirty, where he'd already run and fallen through the sand because the sand was hot. The sand was hot the whole time. No one else, I mean, there were a few people who had issues with the sand, but no one had as much issues with the sand as he did. But he was dirty and, yeah, uh, wet from the knee down from being in the ocean. And so that did give me, I was like, okay, this is not supposed to be romantic. This is supposed to be like so far-fetched. <laughs> so we have a piano interlude. It's like, is that in his contract? Probably. Yeah. I mean, 
Is that supposed to bring us back around to thinking he is handsome? I started finding him charming during that interlude, though. I feel okay. like that was kind of the turning point for me that for the rest of the movie, I sympathized with him and I found him charming. Okay. Um, I don't know that I found him charming. I feel like maybe he was starting to like recenter himself to this is who I am. This is what I'm good at. People are attracted to that and I should own who I am. I still don't know that I really liked who he was, but you know, that's when we, we do have him still. Well, no, that the, I guess the musical interlude where he's playing this music is after, after he's rescued her, Bo Derek's new husband from drifting off into the the greater ocean and dying in, in places unknown. That's why you don't go on excursions. Yes. That's why you don't rent watercraft. That's why you go to Mexico, you wake up, you eat, you get to the beach, somebody brings you a beverage every hour until mm-hmm. it's ready for getting a shower and going to dinner. Mm-hmm. And then you go out and have martinis and call it a night. Yeah. I am great at Mexico, guys. I am excellent at Mexico. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm listening to a book on an audiobook. Maybe I'm reading a book. Audible, if you want to sponsor us, we're, we're listening. Uh, you know, Maybe I'm doing a crossword puzzle. I don't know. Maybe I'm just staring at the waves, but I am good at Mexico. We don't need to go to Chichen Itza. No, it's fine. They'll, they'll be there next year, you know. I don't want to swim in a cenote. No. We're not going to do an ATV. We're not going to sign a waiver in a language I, it, that we don't speak. That's that's my it, – it's – No zip lines. I don't no sign waivers in foreign countries. That's that's one of my – and maybe I'm not adventurous, but also that keeps me an adult and not a grown-up in these situations. <laughs> so It also keeps you from falling asleep on a surfboard and drifting off to certain doom. Right. Exactly. And then when you're finally about to get rescued, then a shark comes. I still couldn't figure that out because this is two years after Jaws. That's why there's a shark. Oh no no no! The shark is fine. I know the shark is there, and it's it's not gonna actually get them. There's no real true danger. the The whole situation is too ridiculous. But the fact that he doesn't actually wake up, like it's like he's injured or drunk or something. Like Dudley Moore still like dragging him and helping this this extremely younger, fitter man um, get on yeah, the boat. I don't know if I truly believe that Dudley Moore could grab Flash Gordon by the speedo. And no. haul him onto the ramp. I don't I, think he I could. I just don't think. I don't know if Dudley Moore's grip or speedo uh, stitching <laughs> strength. I, like, I don't know what gives out first, but I don't trust speedo I think it's the wet sweatpants. Or, the, or Dudley Moore's grip strength, either one. Something, I, something I think gives. That, I, I really think that they miss an opportunity for those wet sweatpants to fall down and him to like fall over them. Like, because they would not be holding up to all that dampness. Yeah, boy, I, I really started to run out of notes at this point because I don't know why I feel like I'm a Dudley Moore fan and have been since I was a child. I kind of feel that way, too, and I'm not but sure why either. I was looking back either. through this filmography. I know Milo and Otis, yeah. and I kind of know the Santa Claus movie, but the Santa Claus movie from elementary school, we watched it on the projector, and we didn't have all the reels. Have, we've talked, <laughs> have we talked about that on this podcast? We've, well, I know... <sighs> I know we've talked about you and the reels. I don't think the Santa Claus movie though that doesn't ring. Yeah, a bell. we had we had most of the reels of Santa Claus movie. What's uh, the Santa Claus movie? It's got Dudley Moore as an elf, and he decides that 
he's going to kind of like be he gets a you know a contract with like a Michael McKeon kind of snarky Got lawyer it. guy. I, it, it, it's probably not Michael McKeon, but in my head it's <laughs> it's either it, Michael McKeon or uh Judd uh Judd Delson. You, you know, it's exactly, exactly. It's some, you know, business Roblo. suit guy Roblo exactly and he decides, you know, that oh yeah, we'll give you a, a huge sports car and and we'll run on reindeer dust or whatever and <laughs> and you'll like shoot fire out the back and be like the cool new Santa and yeah and he almost screws up Christmas hmm okay I'm not seeing that I feel like my I mean I know Milo and Otis we watched it a bunch it's super cute and I know he would have been in that I would have recognized that like we, we wouldn't have watched Arthur but I, I have seen the Muppet show I've seen some of Arthur I remember seeing some of Arthur as a kid um Liza What's Minnelli like it, it's just he's drunk a lot and there's Liza Minnelli and she has eyelashes for days um maybe I should watch it because I don't really remember I know that my parents watched it I know that I saw parts of it I know that I liked him too he must have been on commercials and stuff too because I feel like he was much more present than it seems like he should have been. Yeah, I, I really like. I don't think. I think those are the two movies of his that I've seen prior to this, and I, I just. But for some reason, I really felt like he was a childhood, you know, favorite of mine. I agree. Maybe I agree. the Muppets, maybe commercial. I don't know. I have no and idea. And it could be too that I'm like I also as a kid kind of melded him and um, Davy Jones, mm. maybe a little bit. Okay. That, that could have been a thing. We had two, like, shorter British men, you know, musicians, singers. Um, I loved the monkeys. Loved the monkeys. Watched the monkeys show um, as a kid, which is real trippy. But um, watched it all the time. I do think that Arthur is responsible for the best joke in sitcom history on The Critic. Where it's Arthur 2. Which there is actually an Arthur 2. But they completely ignore that there's an Arthur 2 and have a trailer for Arthur 2. <laughs> Revenge of the Liver. And, oh, no. <laughs> That's terrible. And, you know, the, but basically he's at the doctor's office being told he has cirrhosis and is going to die. And he points over at the uh, at the tongue depressors and says, don't look now. Someone's eating all your popsicles. <laughs> I just, for whatever reason... <laughs> But <laughs> with that being said, like I've almost no notes for the second for the, or for the last third of this movie because when Dudley Moore sets a drink on a piano and sits down and sing, it transports me somewhere. The only other couple other notes I have is so he saves the husband. She's grateful. They she's they go to dinner and she's totally down. Uh, DTF. She's a freak. She is, but I think she's supposed to just represent she's younger. She has different views on marriage, views on love and relationships and sex and all those things. And that's just not who he is. And so he kind of has to realize because he does say with the therapist that he's not into older women. And when he says older women, he he means women his age and even women a little bit younger than his age. Um, and he's into women that are very, very young, but he has this, this conclusion that like, he is not in the, in the same realm as women. He's out of his league. He's out of his league. He's got a woman who wants to have sex to him, to Bolero. He wants to have sex to him. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> to Bolero. You know, like he is a composer and she wants to have sex to him to classical music and like, oh, like it's too far into the song. I've started over again. Right. That oh, was it's weird. Skipping. Like it has to, like she is a freak. And then she's doing the weird thing with the, uh, with a feather. She's got a feather going on. She's braided. She's scratching him. She's biting him. She's getting on top, which I don't even, I'm, th- I'm thinking <laughs> was he's, that kinky in he's, 79? he's never experienced that. Um, <laughs> But so realizing this is not like the... This is not basic instinct here. No. No, he's... <laughs> like she's ripping his back open. He's like, oh, 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 hold on. <laughs> right, right. He, yeah, he's he's very, very like Hugh Grant about it. Um, so yeah, him realizing like this woman, it's not... I really kind of expected her, which I did realize we were going to interact with her, that she wasn't going to be what he expected, which is what happens, but... It's, I think it's, it's much, much better done because it's not like she's tactless or classless or gross no. or anything she like that would, that could dismiss. And she is delightful. And I, are there, I know that she basically just did soft porn for most of her career. I, are there any roles of hers? We were, we were trying to look that up just in the few, you know, like what you would like next on Amazon. And it's all like, oh, Tarzan. Okay. Tarzan. It's like. You know, the erotic thing that uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs originally envisioned. Right. Uh, Heaving breasts and yeah. Yeah. Like, no. Richard no. Harris is going for it in the trailer for that, though. Man, he's working. Like, that. that's intense. Like, he, he's not a man. He's an ape. I'm going to cut his head off and put it as a trophy on my wall. That's. Well, yeah, like, he's, movie, he's so blonde, too. It's weird. A movie called Bolero that she's in. Yes. Uh, Women of Desire. But, like, I wonder if she's ever actually in a movie where she plays a actual character again might be interesting to see i mean tommy boy but <laughs> she's she's playing a softcore part in a kind 90s of comedy. kind of um but yeah she's i really think that it did a good job of saying like this woman isn't what you think but she's she's still valid and legitimately a woman who has desires and opinions and all these things and you know Maybe you're a little over women that are like that, but maybe you should go back to the woman that you know who actually kind of likes you for you because it, it offended him that she was interested in having sex with him and had nothing to do with him. Yeah. That it was like he was just going to be some sort of just, you know, one night stand and he thought that sex should mean more when he wasn't even having sex with Julie Andrews, who he supposedly loves. And kudos to whoever the cinematographer was or whatever. They... You know, there's just this parade of bodies at the beginning of this movie. And every time they show her undressed, it's always in a mirror or in the dark or in... There's always some mystery to it. They really put her above just the bevy of just ladies running around swinging. So... So, then, I mean, I I probably a couple more notes. But the third time I laughed was... The orgy dude, the neighbor, being so mad because they've got <laughs> they've got their telescopes and they both spy on each other, um, and him being so mad like a whole year, him being so mad that, that that there's no like reciprocation that you know he's given a like he's given him an orgies and all these women and all this crazy stuff on display to to watch all the time and he gets nothing sexual or salacious at all that they close the blinds you know this whole time we've been doing it he's like it's it the the agreement's off basically you know that 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 they were they were turn off the lights and have sex inside (laughs) right it's like 
you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna give it give it away for free anymore if he's not gonna trade. And and the his exasperation was funny. So third time that I laughed. But then the ending of the movie of them having sex in the frame yes, of the <laughs> of the telescope, and so he could have seen it um, if he wanted to. So yeah, the like laughs on him is kind of the way that that ends. But you know, I like I still go back to like this movie's ridiculous, but is it funny? I don't know. Um, I, I am really curious to know, just to really dive into the time and some movies right around it. I mean, I, I recognize that, um, that this isn't necessarily like a realm of movie that I would be into, but I would, I would have thought, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the, the humor of the time just wasn't in line. I don't know if this was just his deal and his shtick. And so they just ran with it. Um, I just need to know a little bit more of that. The first 10 minutes were almost silent and the music is great, but still the first 10 minutes were almost silent. And then there's the big, you know, scene between him and Julie Andrews in bed. And that was great. Mm -hmm. And then he goes and gets Novocaine and the next 40 minutes of the movie are nonsense. Right. They're just craziness. And then I really, like I said, once he puts his drink on the piano, starts playing the rest of the movie, I was hooked. So it's so uneven, but. I I have uneven emotions in this movie too. Like some people are very all over the place about how they care about people or don't care about people and their reactions. You know, same thing. He could have fallen in love with any of these women he saw on the street, but there's this, and I think it was that she was a bride. I really do think it was because she was a bride and it represented something that he wanted in his life, but didn't, didn't know how to have and didn't, I think it was a bigger thing. We, we never really get into that. And I, I don't think that, you know, really we're going to dive into that, but I, I would from a time, I want to see what the buzz was around Julie Andrews, what the buzz was mm-hmm. around Dudley Moore. Yeah. I'm just really curious about all of that and, and kind of maybe get into. We'll definitely have to go deeper on that. Yeah. into that. And then also why was he so much in the zeitgeist that we remember him so vividly and yet his body of work doesn't really represent that. Yeah. Um, so, Go with me here for a minute. Okay. Oh. What if Julie Andrews is the main character in this movie? Is it a better movie? I'm not sure because they don't, I I don't know that they flesh her out mm. as much as they could. But I'm kind of, I'd kind of like to see that. I would too. I'd like to see this movie where Bo Derek is the main character. That would be interesting. I'd like to see this movie where almost anybody but. <laughs> I want to see Hugh's movie. I, I do want to see Hugh's movie. Do you not? No. Hugh's movie's probably sad. It probably is. I think that he's not happy. No, no. And and I guess that's that's maybe is that the takeaway because Bo Derek does ask him if he's happy when he's kind of judging her for sleeping with him when she's newly married and she doesn't have just no issues with it. And it's because it's going to make her happy. And she's like, are you happy? And he's like, no. Um, is it just do what you want? Live your life. Kind of don't live with other people's expectations. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I really come away from this that I love Henry Mancini. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love Henry Mancini. I love Dudley Moore, and I'm not 100% sure why. <laughs> um, I love Bo Derek, apparently, and I'm really hoping that there's something in her body of work to look at that is actually, you know, putting some of her... She was not a bad actress in this. You know, she, I, I enjoyed her. She was beautiful, but I enjoyed her on screen, and... Julie Andrews is kind of hot? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> that was. <laughs> I mean, 
She has she has a look. She definitely with the shorter hair. They're they're creating a, a divide. Okay, the shorter hair. Just a moment. Miss Andrews' hair was designed by in the credits. <laughs> Her hair designer is credited. Well. It's just Julie Andrews. Yeah, right. But it's not her hairdresser or her prepared by her hair, you know, hair and wardrobe. Well, they were creating a her look. They were creating designed. a professional woman who's successful and all these things. And so she's, I don't know why successful businesswomen and don't really have long hair. I don't know, but it seems to be a little bit of a mix of things right now. Longer hair, but also a styled hair, a designed hair is kind of chicer. I'm not sure, but I think that that's probably where the difference is. She has shorter hair. She has like, you know, these looks, she's not wistful. She's very tailored. Yeah. I just don't think I expected to have that takeaway from this. <laughs> that like, do I think that Julie Andrews is hot? Because, you know, you think of her as your nanny or your, you know. <laughs> well, some people think their nanny's hot. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that that's it. I think this movie... I think it was interesting to talk about it. It it, w- it was out there in the world, like you said. It, it hung out in Blockbuster as the number one movie there on, or the first movie that you saw all the time. And all of those, there's a lot of cultural references to, to parts of this movie. Um, so it was definitely worth seeing. There were there I were want scenes. someone who is fifty to write us and yeah, talk I to us know. about this. You're 50 to 55 years old. Let us know what the world was like when this movie came out. I, I am really – this feels like something that would have been something that if I was 15, I would have wanted to see. And you would have – I well, what I was going to say, and you would have been disappointed. I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't. I'm, I'm not sure. It, it, was, it was gratuitous enough. It had just enough, just boobs, just tons and tons of boobs and butts. That that's probably all you would have wanted as a fifteen-year-old. You really wouldn't have cared necessarily about the plot. I'm, and I'm saying you as a generalization, you, you were a little bit more uh, discerning, I think, <laughs> slight, slightly. But you were still a fifteen-year-old boy at some point, and it, it was probably one tracked. But right. But no, I'm I'm very curious about that. So if you are, you know, write us in at. Uh, Forbidden Cinema at Forbidden Cinema Podcast. Yes. Look at that. Look at that. Forbidden Cinema Podcast at Gmail. What? Apparently, I'm not as stupid as I look. Uh, Forbidden Cinema at <laughs> on Instagram. Instagram. And let us know if you have any sort of history with this movie because it's just a little, it has that spot of Blockbuster, but it's a little out of our wheelhouse. Yeah, it just, it's, it's cultural presence in its moment in its own time yeah i definitely want to know about that so um hopefully you enjoy this conversation um we'll we will be deep diving into some of the things that we talked about um check us out on itunes um spotify anywhere that you grab podcasts and subscribe uh join join the fun hopefully you're having yes we will see you next week for going deeper yes thanks thanks